Thanks for tuning in to the New Life South Coast podcast. We want to extend an invitation to sit in live with us during our weekend service. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message inspires you, but also challenges you in your walk with God. For more information, visit our website at newlifesouthcoast.com. You guys are extra. (laughs) Okay, don't make me cry. I haven't even said anything yet. Thank y'all. Y'all can be seated. You ladies are incredible. I'm so excited and so fired up to be here tonight with you all. The excitement is tangible. Even when we started worship, even before y'all got here, the whole team was here praying in expectancy for what God was going to do. And as we were huddled here in the front, I couldn't help but just be overwhelmed by a sense of God's presence in this hotel banquet hall knowing that he has set aside this space for us as holy ground. And the presence of God is here. And to get to see your beautiful faces, if I haven't met you yet, like Lindsay said, my name's Marquis, and I am an OG family member of this house. Forever. Not a guest. Not, I, maybe a crazy Texas aunt. I think that's fine. But an original member of this family. And to see you all out here, you are a dream come true. We said that in pre-prayer, but we've been praying for you. Each of you, every one of you, in the seats that you are in tonight, we have been praying for you. We have been praying that you would catch the love of God, that you would know you are set apart. You are called out for a purpose and a time, and tonight we are going to go deep into the heart of God. I'm fired up. This wasn't even in my notes. I need to stay to the, you know, the heart of what we need to get done because Lindsay was joking. She's like, we can't be here till 1030. (laughs) So that's for next time. No, just kidding. But I'm excited. I'm fired up. The title of tonight's message is Love Yourself, right? And in New England fashion, you better love yourself. (laughs) I had to practice this. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I love the accents here. I tried it my whole five years living in New England. And y'all let me get away with it sometimes. It was polite. But genuinely, it's like your New England mama. You better love yourself. It's incredible, though. This is not just even a trend in the church. If you look at, I went to Google loving yourself just to see what the world is saying about this. And, and it's a common thread. In Google, you literally had hundreds of thousands of results of, pop up. And I was like, what is it to love yourself? So I wanted to share some of the uh, resources that popped up. Psychology Today, three ways to learn to love yourself. 10 really easy ways you can love yourself more today. There was another article, 11 easy ways to actually love yourself more. I feel like they're competing with each other. Every article gives more tips and it gets easier, but it is more. It's really fascinating. Tinybuddha.com, 21 tips to release self-neglect and love yourself in action. And then another one, Psych Central Today, 22 ways to love yourself more. The desire to take care of ourselves is such a healthy thing. And everyone's trying to figure it out. I mean, we saw incredible, an incredible makeup artist up here, Kathy, showing us practical tips and easy ways 
to put that bronzer on, to highlight our face, to wake ourselves up. Because like she said, we're each gifted with a natural beauty. And why not use beauty products to enhance what God has already gifted us with? And then we have Jill showing us yoga, how to care for ourselves and how to stretch and how to steward our bodies well. So hear me when I say this, sisters. Self-care, taking care of this one body we're given, is really critical. I love, Lindsay had a promo video for tonight, and, and she highlighted the idea that loving yourself is mind, body, soul. You can't neglect one and expect to be wholly cared for, right? And I love it so much. It's not just this trend, but it goes back to the Bible. Do y'all know that nothing is new under the sun? Like, we can have all these fancy, new-aged, finangled ways to love ourselves more, but Jesus already talked about it. He knew that this would be something that as men and women of God, especially women of God, we would have to be reminded of the importance of what it is to love ourselves. And so I want to read from the words of Jesus to kick things off tonight because the reality is all the tips in the world cannot give you the kind of transformation your soul longs for. No self-help, no workout routine, no makeup regimen can pull out of you the self-love that God has designed you to carry into the world. And Jesus says it in Mark 12, 31. And just before this passage, he's giving this crowd the greatest commandment of all time, which is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. So he's really intentional to say loving God is a whole being experience. And then he dovetails it with the second greatest command, which we've got up on the screen. So this is Mark 12, 31. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Y'all say that with me, as you love yourself. So it's this interdependence. You can't love your neighbor if you don't love yourself well. You can't give what you don't have, right? So we're going to do a really quick icebreaker. I want you to pair up. Just find a lady next to you. Make sure you all have a pair. We're not moving on to everybody has a pair. Does everybody have a pair? Who doesn't have a pair? Raise your hand. Does everyone have a partner? Okay. I want you to look at your partner. Really look at her. Okay. Look, don't talk. (laughs) This is such a woman thing. (laughs) Okay. I can't whistle. (laughs) I don't know how to whistle. Okay, I need everyone to stop talking. (laughs) I should have prefaced that before I said, look at your partner. Do it in silence. (laughs) Okay, so don't talk yet, but looking at your partner, I want you to each tell each other something you love about the sister next to you. Did everyone get some love? Now... I want you to all pause, moving your mouths, and I want you to think about something you love about yourself and say it out loud. One thing. Ready, set, go. Okay. Let's pause and reflect on that for a second. When I asked each of you to say something you love about the sister next to you, that was the easiest exercise I could have given you. I couldn't get y'all to stop talking about how much you love the woman next to you. 
But when I ask you to say something out loud you love about yourself, the volume of noise in this room was dramatically different. So what that tells me, what that reflects for tonight is we've got some work to do. Amen? Amen. Okay, so let's pray in. We can't do anything without the Holy Spirit. Lord God, we are so thankful for what you've already done tonight. Holy Spirit, we're thankful for your presence. We're thankful that you are going to uproot and shift some things in our hearts so that we can love you more fully and love ourselves the way you have designed us to, God. We love you. We give you this time. I pray, Lord, the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart, God, are honoring of you. And anything that is not of you, Lord, I pray it falls on deaf ears. So we give you the next few minutes. We say, have your way. Wreck us. In your name, Jesus, for your glory. Amen. Amen. Okay. Okay. So good. We can clap. It is going to be good. So the sum of that is the way we love ourselves is the measurement by which we can give love to others. Real love, right? So what is it to love and then specifically love yourself? We throw these terms out there and I love a lot of things. I love ice cream. I love traveling. I love Lindsay. I love the people in this room. But love is a complex thing, and yet it's a simple thing. Love is a person, and love is God. And New Life South Coast preaches this better than a lot of the houses I've ever visited. We acknowledge the fact that love is a choice. It's a feeling. It is absolutely an emotion that grows with time. It grows in relationship. It grows in, it grows in close proximity. But it's a choice. And what I'd like to say to you tonight, and what I feel like God wants to remind us, is loving yourself, ladies, is a choice. What it is, is it's a choice to look at the woman standing in front of you in the mirror, flaws and beauty and all, and see her as a daughter of a king, set apart, made whole by his love. It's to see yourself in the messiness of life and then still choose to love who God has called you to be. Being okay with not being perfect. Perfection was never the goal. Progress is. And it's loving yourself in the present and loving yourself enough to not stay there, but to continue to step forward. Amen? Amen. So we needed to lay that groundwork. Um, But it's funny. So Lindsay, Adriana, and I, can we just take a quick second to pause and give honor where honor is due? These two women are amazing. Yeah. They are amazing. They love you more than you will ever know. The amount of sacrifice and prayer and love that they pour out is beyond words. So we honor the both of you tonight. Adriana, the mother of prayer. I called her this at our first women's event and everyone was like, that's ridiculous. And yet look at her now and Lindsay, the mother of this house. We are so honored to be in your presence, to be walking in your vision. This is special, y'all, and it started in the inception in the heart of this woman. So we honor you, and we love you, and we're so thankful for you. Okay. So the three of us, I know, before, like, I could talk about that all night, and then I'll never be invited back. (laughs) But we were talking over um, Google Hangouts, which is how you can have multiple people on the screen. I love it. Lindsay, what did you call it? Google Face. Are we Google Facing tonight? So it's like FaceTime with different screens because I'm in Texas and we were chatting about tonight and really 
the heart of God and knowing that he wants to take us from a shallow place of loving ourselves to a deep place of acknowledging who we are as women. And so we got to talking about what is it that prevents us from stepping into real self-love? What is it that keeps us back from this command? This isn't an option, ladies. Jesus is very clear. In Mark 12, 31, the other part of this verse and I'm reading from the Passion Translation here. But Mark 12, 31, he says, And the second is this, You must love your neighbor in the same way you love yourself. You will never find a greater command than these. And that's Jesus, y'all. To love yourself is so critical. So we were talking, and what is it that keeps us from stepping into the fullness of that? Because you're all here tonight, because you heard it's summer love. You're here tonight because you want to encounter God. There's so many other activities you could have chosen on a Friday night. And seeing you here present says that you're hungry and that you're expectant. And that's exactly what God can work with. Amen. So we were wrestling with all the things that keep us from loving ourselves fully. For both of these ladies, they're moms. And it's this idea that if it's not perfect, it wasn't done good enough. Or it's the idea that the shame God has brought them out of is, is forever stuck on them. And so they're not worthy of the fullness of his love or fully being able to love themselves. And it's amazing looking at the two of them because we can see them up here walking in the fullness of what it is to love God. Because they've allowed God to come in and uproot the things that kept them separate. But can I tell y'all, we, all three of us, had to do some serious gardening in our souls, to uproot the lies and the things that kept us separate from the truth of who God has called us to be. And tonight, that's where we're going to go. For the next few minutes, we are going to uproot the lies that have been placed into your heart that say you're not good enough or you're not worthy of the love that you dream of. Or I know you're a mom and you're trying really hard, but really, you didn't make that from scratch? right? It's true though. We allow these foolish things to come in and rob us of joy and rob us of love and rob us of, of the passion in God and the passion in life. So tonight, I love that we sang that song, tell the devil not today, not tonight, ladies, we are uprooting some lies. Amen. Amen. So we're going to look at five lies. And I promise you, every woman in this room has battled with one of the five comparison. It was easy to look at the woman next to you in a church, church-ish setting with Christian women and, and love on them and acknowledge the beauty in them. Do you do that when you're walking in the mall and you see someone who's looking extra fresh and you're like, oh, she probably doesn't have a life. Look at that makeup. She probably didn't read her scripture this morning. We have all these weird things that we put on other people because in, in and of ourselves, we're not secure. So we're so quick to shoot down the woman next to us and say, well, well, she's like that because of this. Instead of just loving the uniqueness that's on her and loving the uniqueness that's on you. Or seeing people up here singing and like, oh, well, she clearly was born with that gift. I, I'll never step into anything like that. We're so quick to feel inadequate. So that's a lie. Put on notice. Perfection. As women, there's something that's ingrained in our culture that says if it's not perfect, don't turn it in. 
if it's not perfect, it's not good enough. Can I tell you perfection is the enemy of progress? Perfection is the enemy of done. You don't have to be perfectly set up with a meal plan prepped for the week to make a healthy choice to steward your body well. But we are so quick to shoot ourselves down and say, if it's not perfect, I must not be good enough. That's a lie. Perfection is held in Jesus and the man of God alone. And as his daughters, we get to reflect his beauty, scars and messiness and all. Upbringing. Well, that's the family I came from, so that means that must be the family my daughters have to step into. I've never had enough, so just getting by is okay. We don't allow ourselves to dream bigger or to think outside of that scope because someone some, at some point along the way said, that's all you'll amount to. Oh, you got pregnant as a teenager? Wait till your daughter grows up. Can we please call that out for what it is? A lie from the pit of hell? You are a daughter of the king. You are born with the new genealogy. That is not who you are. Appearance. Well, if I'm not a size two, I must not be beautiful. If I don't, you know, it's so funny. I grew up in, you know, this Southern culture and everyone has this straight, beautiful blonde hair. And I always thought because I didn't have straight hair, I wasn't beautiful. Such a little lie that made me forever feel inadequate. And I know every single one of you in this room can attest to a lie of appearance that has made you feel less than. We're here to put that on notice tonight. And then relationships, I saved the best for last. We are so quick to compromise and to allow people in our lives who don't even know God to say, well, girl, he's okay. He's got a job. What kind of standard is that? Like, no, no. Or he's never hit me, so it's okay, I can stay. No, no, daughter. You are a daughter of a king. And no one is to ever put hands on you, speak down to you. You are a queen. So no, we're putting these on notice. And you know, it's so incredible. Nothing new is under the sun. And at the root of these lies that we've accepted about ourselves is a crisis of identity. I can speak over you, daughter. We can look at each other and say, beautiful one, chosen, unique. But unless you know in the core of your being that that is who you are, that you are who God says you are, you will never be able to walk in the fullness of who he's designed you to be. So tonight we've uprooted these. We have called them out for what they are. And in the place of uprooting, we're going to plant new seeds. We're going to uproot lies. We're going to stir up the soil so that it's fertile and God can plant seeds of truth in our souls. We're quick to rip it out. We're quick to nip it in that moment. I know that's not true, but if we don't put truth where the lie was, we can't produce. And as daughters of a king, as co-creators and God, we're called to produce. So we're going to plant some seeds of truth. And this isn't new. Like I said, the enemy's been doing this for ages, y'all. This isn't a you challenge wrestling with the lies. This isn't a 21st century phenomenon. This goes back to the beginning, to the first daughter of the king, Eve. 
Eve fell for a lie. Eve was created with a powerful identity. And she allowed the great deceiver to whisper one lie that prompted her to compromise her calling and separate herself from God. But who was she? Who was Eve? So let's look in Genesis. We're going back to the beginning. Genesis 1, 27 and 28. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. God blessed them and he said, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. They were image bearers. They were co-rulers. And then if you look in Genesis 2, when God is specifically crafting Eve, he's put Adam on the earth and he's given Adam all these tasks. And then he comes to acknowledge it's not good for man to be alone. So scripture tells us, that God decides to create a suitable helper. A suitable helper. Now, when I first used to wrestle with this verse, I thought helper, like a sandwich maker? You know, like when I think of helper, I'm like, oh, like my mom who does the laundry and makes our lunches. And if we're not careful, we can read this word helper and think that God was saying Eve was secondary. We can read this passage and think, well, Eve came alongside to spur on Adam because Adam needed Eve and Eve is just there as support. Yes, Eve is there to support, but Eve is a co-ruler, a co-creator. And this word azer, it means someone to come in the time of, of warfare and give aid. This word azer in the Hebrew is used 21 times in the Old Testament. And in almost every context, it's used to describe God coming to the aid of his people in the midst of warfare. There's nothing weak sandwich maker about this word. And y'all laugh, but ladies, if we don't know what God said about the original woman, how in the world can we step up and fight the battles God's calling you to fight in your day to day? You are azers. Eve was an azer. There was warfare in the garden. Otherwise, God wouldn't have said, rule and subdue it. Adam couldn't rule and subdue without Eve. They were together, perfectly reflecting the image of God. And then Eve bought into the lie. Genesis 3. She's on her own in the garden. And the great deceiver approaches her. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat from the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. A list of do's and don'ts is not going to set you up for success, ladies. If you read that passage and everything she was repeating back to the great deceiver, she was repeating a rehearsed list of things you should do and things you shouldn't do so that you can prosper. 
relationship with God, ladies, is so much more than a list of do's and do nots. When you catch what it is to walk with him and to be in love with him, do's and don'ts are secondary because you know his heart and you desire his heart. And when you love him deeply, like Jesus says, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your strength and with all of your heart, the do's and don'ts, you wouldn't want to do anything outside of that relationship. Just reading that even now, she was like, well, I can do this and I can't do this. Please don't deceive me. That's how we approach life sometimes. Well, I, you know, can't have sex, but I can go on a date and I can technically bring you back home and hopefully nothing bad will happen. Okay, but that's not in my notes. So we're going back. Okay. So she regurgitates this list of do's and don'ts. And then the serpent comes back because he's clever, remember? You will not certainly die the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. You will be like God. Anytime the enemy comes to tell you what God did and did not say, just Heisman. There's no way he can properly repeat the truth of God. So protect your ears, ladies. As we wrestle to uproot things tonight, as the Holy Spirit takes these lies and separates them from your soul as far as the east is from the west, you need to make sure when you go back, you're protecting the people who speak into your life. And if they don't know the heart of God, even well-meaning friends will deceive you. So don't settle. Catch what he did here. What did he say to her? Five words. You will be like God. She already was. Ladies, she was the image bearer of God. She represented his heart on the earth. She didn't need to eat that fruit to represent him in the world. That's how God built her. And because she didn't know the fullness of who God had created her to be, I'm convinced of this. There's no way she would have eaten that fruit if she knew the fullness of his love and the fullness of who he had called her to be. Because she would have, not today, Satan. I'm an image bearer. I'm a co-creator. I'm a co-ruler. I'm an azer. Peace out. Like, I don't need this. But it started there, and that's what the enemy does with us. Praying about tonight and the power of uprooting lies. There were three main lies that were spoken over me as a kid, and there were things that I wrestled with all throughout life until I came to meet Jesus when I was 20. I grew up with this feeling of unworthiness, a feeling like I always needed a man in my life to validate me, to make me feel worthy, to make me feel seen. And if I didn't have that, I must be inadequate. I must not be worth that kind of love and attention. I always felt like my body was never enough. No matter how fit I was. I was a college athlete, a college swimmer. And I forever was looking at myself, nitpicking, comparing myself to all the other women around me. So dysfunctional that my passwords at the time was slim up, fat, beep, 2016, exclamation mark. 
It was actually tw- like 2007 because this is a long time ago. But genuinely, that was my password. That was the lie that I had allowed to root itself in my mind so deeply that if I wasn't meditating on the fact that I needed to lose weight all the time, I must not be beautiful. And then the third one, I was a sophomore in high school and everyone in high school was having sex. And so I called a close friend and I was like, what do you think? They're all saying it's good, like do this. And I'll never forget these words. I lived in South Africa at the time. She said to me, oh, you definitely should. But just know that when you do it, you're going to love it. I can just tell. You're going to love it. And I feel bad for the one you give it to because then you're just going to want to ditch him and go on to the next. Right? But I didn't know truth. I didn't know what God said. And those lies took deep roots in my soul. So when I did give up my virginity and I did start experiencing the beauty of sex outside of marriage, which is anything but beautiful, it is destructive, I couldn't stop. And I was like, well, this is just how I am. This is just what I will be like, but God. But then I encountered the love of God. And that's what it is for you ladies tonight. I don't know what the lie is or the lies are that have rooted themselves in your soul. But right now I know the Holy Spirit is stirring things up in each of us. And he's saying, daughter, let this be uncomfortable. Daughter, let me surface the things that make you feel unworthy. The lie that's told you you're not good enough. Those five lies. We've put them on notice and we've cast them out. We've cast them out and we are going to take on a mantle of truth. Because like we said before, if you uproot without planting new seeds, you leave a gap. And where there's space, the enemy can get a foothold. Pastor Marco has an incredible message on this. He stomps his foot and he's like, don't give him an open door. So we've uprooted, but we need to make sure we put truth in that place. And when I came to encounter Jesus at 20, he took all of those roots, all of those lies, all of the shame. Shame tells you that Who you are is what you've done. So Chris Kane has the best framing for this. Guilt is a healthy thing. It's, hey, what you did wasn't good. Shame says you're not good. And for many of us, the decisions we've made over life, coming and living in a broken world, have created a root of shame. And because of that shame, we don't feel worthy. We don't feel lovable. We don't feel like God can do what we know he can do in our minds. But that's not truth. That's not truth at all. Because when I encountered his love at 20, he took that deep root of unworthiness and he ripped it up, y'all. He ripped it up and he said, no, Marquis. You are my daughter and I have made you whole. That spirit of lust is not your portion. You are made pure by my blood. You are set apart. You are not to wrestle with that anymore. You are to turn and flee because that's not what I've called you to. I have called you to holiness, a beautiful creation designed to help you run with freedom, free of shame, free of the pressure. That lie that said I needed a man to validate me, there was a little bit of truth in that. I do need a man. And his name is Jesus. Y'all know. I do need a man. We are designed to need a man. But the only man who can fill that longing of validation and purpose is Jesus. 
I love that we're beside water right now because Jesus called out identities beside the Sea of Galilee. He called out his disciples and we are here tonight in Fairhaven to call out his daughters to say there is identity in you, there is purpose in you, and I don't care what lie you subscribe to, the truth of who you are is unshakable when you plan it deep in your soul. It is unshakable. So tonight, you are image bearers, daughters. Just like Eve was created to reflect the beauty of God into the whole of the world, you, woman of God, we are created to reflect his beauty. There's a beauty that women carry that men could never touch. Right? There's a way that we nurture, a way that we love, a way that we embrace It's God designed to reflect his heart. God's a father and a mother. He is all of the above. And when we don't step into that role of image bearer, we allow the world to decide who God is and who he is not. I don't know about y'all, but we're in the midst of a pretty crazy time. The world needs to know the love of God. And the nurturing side of God and the mothering side of God that says, I see you and I'm not going to let you settle. Because it's not a weak thing. It's a beautiful thing. We are image bearers. We are co-creators. We're called to produce. And as women, we get to birth life. No man could carry that. And all the women said... And whether you've birthed a child or you've birthed something spiritually, it is a powerful calling. It is powerful and it's not to be belittled. We have the ability to see broken things and encourage and spur on wholeness. There's something about women. We get to serve with you. We are you. You can take the messiest thing and still see something beautiful in it because you're a creator. It takes a creative mind to see beauty and wholeness in the midst of something broken. You do it with your children. You do it with your spouse. You do it with your coworkers. Step into it, daughters, because you are a unique creator. The way you create is not the way I create, but together we can create the wholeness of what God's envisioned for this region, for this world. Amen? And then we are co-rulers. We get to exercise ultimate power. Lindsay said this after worship. Your voice is the most powerful tool you have. Your voice in prayer moves mountains. Jesus gave us this authority. He says, what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and what you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. We create worlds with our words. The words you speak over yourself, over your children, over your coworkers create worlds. Make sure as a co-ruler, as a ruler, which is someone who exercises authority, governing conduct within a particular activity or sphere for a desired outcome. You have authority, and there's a principle of what you're creating. Make sure as you rule over the spheres God's given you, you steward them well, because he's depending on you. God is using you. To shift things. Amen? And then finally, daughters, you are an azer. We are azers. We are the God-created aid to his people in a time of need. 
We are warriors. We are not sandwich makers only. We do do that. Because you love your children, right? I'm an auntie. I would make any sandwich for any of them any day. But let us not forsake the calling to be a warrior. This is not weak. You are not weak. You are not broken. You are made whole. You are set apart and you are unique. To move mountains. To war for good. Amen? Amen. So ladies, with that, we've planted some truth of identity. Taking these seeds and planting them deep gives us the ability to love others the way they deserve to be loved because we know how to love ourselves. And by uprooting these lies, what the Holy Spirit is showing you as we spend time together and as you go home and wrestle, as you uproot those lies, make sure you insert truth. So if y'all could all stand to your feet. I'm going to have you guys bow your heads and close your eyes. And I want you to think about the things that have taken root in your life. There were five different areas. And with every head bowed and every eye closed. If you wrestle with comparison, if that's a root that has taken hold, that has made you feel inadequate... I want you to raise your hand. Okay. You can put it down. If you've wrestled with perfection, feeling like nothing you do is ever good enough, raise your hand. Okay. If you wrestle with upbringing, the way that your parents raised you or the lack you think will always be your portion, raise your hand. If you've wrestled with appearance, loathing the body that God entrusted to you, never feeling beautiful, I want you to raise your hand. Wow. Okay, daughters. If you've wrestled in relationships, settled for less than what God has, allowed broken people to speak brokenness over you, raise your hand. Every hand has gone up in this room for one of these five. I want to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. And I want you to say that lie out loud right now. Say it out loud. Don't pay attention to the woman on your left or to your right. We are going to loose it and cast it out. So say the lie and say, I'm done with you. Don't be afraid of the woman on your left or to your right. Do you want freedom from the lie? Do you want to uproot what never should have been there in the first place? Then say it out loud. Cast it out. Declare that that thing has no more hold over you. This is between you and the Holy Spirit. And with his presence, there is freedom. So claim your freedom, daughters. Now I want all of you to look up at me. And we're going to pray and declare in faith a powerful prayer knowing that the Holy Spirit is here, that he is uprooted, that he has set you apart to be uniquely his, his daughter, his azer, a co-creator and a co-ruler. So Lord, we thank you that as your daughters, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. 
we uniquely reflect your heart to the world. Lord God, you are here and you have put us here for just a time as this, uniquely, perfectly placed in history, God. And we rebuke any spirit of comparison and we rejoice in the uniqueness of us as your daughters, God. We thank you, Lord, that perfection is not the goal. Your grace, God, is sufficient and your strength is made perfect in our weakness. And we rejoice in that, God. We find freedom and rest in your grace. Lord God, we thank you we are born into a family of faith. We cast out the lies that say it has always been this way, so it will continue, Lord. We step into the newness that you have called us to. We thank you, God, that we are under your covering and your family, covered by your blood, Jesus. And in that, we have a portion. We have provision. We have abundance, God, because you are a God of abundance. You are a God of peace. Lord, we thank you that you have made us the light of the world. You have designed us to carry your beauty into the world. And we say yes and amen to every freckle, to every hair on our head, to the uniqueness in our voice and the beauty in every fingerprint, God. We rejoice because when we see ourselves, we will see you. We will see the beauty in you, God. And we thank you, Lord, that in you, Jesus, we are new creations. You have washed us clean. You have purified us. You have restored and renewed us right now, tonight, God. We thank you that you have cast out and set us free from any addiction, any connection and soul tie that is not from you, Jesus. We cast it, we break it, and we say no more. No more, God. And we thank you, Jesus, that shame is not our portion. We leave that where it belongs, and we step into your wholeness and identity in you, God. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you have done tonight. We thank you for these truths. Lord God, let them go deep down in our souls. Let them take root, God, and let them produce a harvest. Lord, this time when we come together next, let there be a multiplying effect, God. Let every area of our life be reflective of your beauty, reflective of your wholeness. And we thank you, God, that it will shift our families. It will shift our workplace. Lord God, you have shifted our history. So we say yes and amen to everything you have. It's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you want to connect with us, you can find us at newlifesouthcoast.com for any further information.